The goal of Fiapoka Podcast is to unpack contemporary Pacific Islander life across the diaspora and the multi-generational divide. We are bold, irreverent, and outspoken in our opinions. So be warned, you might not like what we say, but we will say it anyway. Aloha! How's it? Good, how are you? I'm fine. It's really warm out here. It's hot. It's more but than warm, it's still hot. Still beautiful. Still beautiful. It's like. We have a little breeze. A little breeze. It's like there. we're living in the Do devil's armpit. Do you feel it? I, I'm feeling it. It's much better now. Uh, anyway, welcome to Fia Poco Podcast, where we unpack. Contemporary Pacific Islander life <laughs> in the diaspora and beyond. Today, it's it's just so hot. <laughs> it's very hot, and we're making like a crab boil. So there's like the crab boiling in the back that's hot. The sun is outside and it's hot. Tavai's house doesn't have ventilation, so what we're are you all just about? cooking. All my windows are open. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Um, how are you doing, Tavai? I'm I I'm fine. I'm I'm perfectly fine. Great, All wonderful, good. wonderful. Yes. How was your birthday week? It was much. It was fun. What did you do? One of my uh, most fun birthday. Mm-hmm. Nothing much. Wait, this was one of your most fun birthdays during COVID, was, where you couldn't do anything. Considering the fact that we were stuck in the house, we really couldn't do much. So, we make the best of it. I made the best of it. That is so boomer Mentally, I did. So, I really did have a great time. It's what you make of it. It's not what you spent or where you go and all of that, you know. It was quality time with the important people. And that's on Live, Laugh, Love. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Josiah is back as our producer. Yes, Say hello, Josiah. Josiah will be fact-checking all of the things that we say because we don't check our facts. We make these notes every we week and no we don't facts. read them. Yes. So he'll be fact-checking, giving us more information about things, yada, yada, yada. How was your week, Josiah? It wasn't your birthday, but you still had a week. And yeah. what was it like? <laughs> uh, my week was pretty mundane. I didn't really do anything this week. Oh, that is such yeah. a cute, big word. It's such a big word. I have to think twice. It was mundane. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we don't need. I don't use big words, so stop it, you two, with all the big words. Jeez. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Do you okay. guys know that I have this um, this app on my phone that I get a new word every day? Oh really? I didn't check today's day. Word, Look at it right now. Can you see it? Or, or is it word of the day? Word of the day. I get word of the day. Like the other day, I got the word forenoon. Do you know what a forenoon is? F-O-R-E-O-N. Can I have the can I have the root of the word? <laughs> no, I'll just spell the word. F O R E N O O N. It's the time before noon. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's it's before afternoon. Yeah. Before afternoon. 
I didn't know that. Girl, that's called the morning. What is that? I know. I know morning, but not forenoon. No one ever uses forenoon. I was going to swing that one in there somewhere, but no. You know, you knew that one already. Don't no. Worry. No. Okay. See, this is why I don't have those apps because it used to give me words that I know. They'd be like, oh, your word of the day is appreciation. And I'd be like, what? Am I in fifth grade? Like, what the? They'd give me all these easy words. And I was like, no, I don't need this anymore. I already passed okay. the SATs. I don't, I, I'm not sure how to. Uh, Baroque. Baroque. Yeah. Baroque. Yeah. As yes. in the style of painting, art, architecture, clothing from what? What is it? Like the 1600s, 17? Like Middle Ages, something like that. In, in architecture, not interior decoration. Oh, no, that was just relating to or denoting a style of European architecture, yeah. music, and art in the 17th and 18th century. Bam, who said 17th? Highly ornate <laughs> who said that? and ex- extra extravagant. Extravagant, not extravagant. <laughs> I can't. Ex- extravagant. Extra extravagant. <laughs> Welcome to Extra Stravagant Podcast, where we are extra extravagant. What can the we, hell? Can we erase that? No, can you know by now. You that? know by now. There's no erasing. <laughs> this is your embarrassing life. Welcome to it. Oh my god! Extra stravagant. Okay, we're gonna have to Cut move on. Let's enough. go to the FICA. Oh, oh my, my god, god, I cannot believe this. Oh gosh. And we're back with the FICA moment of the show where we talk broadly about things that may or may not have to deal with us or that we care about or. Things that we do care about. Yes, and things that we um, mistakenly say, like take <laughs> extravagant, extra out. I'm okay. not taking it out. Come on. Well, no. I'm, I'm not here next week. Okay. No. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, you, All right. So, FICA. Yes. So, what is our first topic? Uh, John Lewis. John Lewis. Tavai, can you tell us a little about who, about who John Lewis yes. was? Yes. John Lewis is an American politician and civil rights leader from Georgia. He's a U.S. rep. I want to say representative, because when you say rep, it just sounds, uh-huh. uh, you know, not as important as okay. if you say representative. Uh-huh. For Georgia, 5th Congressional District, serving his 17th term. That's a lot of terms. Can you say that without reading it from Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, this is from the U.S. House. I mean, uh, U.S. Rep. Oh, so you got it from an official government source. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And he's been serving since 87. That's before... When were you born? 88. 1998. 98? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Honestly, it's very sad. Yes. Rest in peace, John Lewis. Thank you for everything that you've done for the people. Yes. You know, I mean, regardless of whether he was a community leader of ours or not, um, I think people of color in the United States owe a lot of their freedoms to the civil rights movement that was spearheaded by um, black Americans like John Lewis. So we should pay respects to him and, you know. That's so nice, just Ryan. Mourn. That's so beautiful. <sighs> Didn't he you. wear some, uh, uh, 
win some award yeah um, so because of his contributions towards the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. he received the presidential medal of freedom in 2011 and it was given to him by uh, president barack obama i remember i remember seeing that on television or on the internet somewhere but well we lost a good one rest in peace john yes um Another thing that I've seen going on, and I've seen this all over TikTok, and I don't know whether to believe it or not, because I don't know if it can be substantiated, aside from what I've seen, and I don't know. I I just feel like you can't trust anything you see anymore. Mm -hmm. But in Portland, there are tons of demonstrators that are being, like, put into unmarked cars by people who are, quote-unquote, federal officers, um but are dressed like what I would equate to like mercenaries yeah. or uh, not mercenaries. No, I'm saying that's what they look like to me. So I'm saying they're, they're calling themselves federal officers, but it's like, where are you? Like what division are you from? Yeah. Well, like, are you from the men in black? Like, are, is that who's <laughs> you know abducting us? Or like, are you legit from, <laughs> are you the secret service or who are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, when I first saw it, you know, I saw the first thing I saw was the camouflage camouflage uniform. Right. And automatically military comes to my mind, you know, because that's the <laughs> uniform that they Sorry. Wear. When you when you said the first thing that comes to my mind in camouflage, I thought like Destiny's Child Survivor. That's oh like my, my that's my camo <laughs> reference. <laughs> I'm a survivor. Oh yeah. That's what I thought. No. Of. Sorry, continue. So I question why these federal officers why they why quote, are they wearing quote unquote federal officers. Yes, why are they wearing camouflage uniform? Those are that's a military yeah. you know uh uniform. So I'm I'm thinking it's a fake like a video. militia? Oh, oh it's a fake video. Or oh. I, I I'm confused. Why are why are they in that uniform? If there's they it says somewhere that they're from the US Marshals um, yeah, um from the US Marshals what services? Um, and think, US yeah. and Homeland? Homeland yeah, home, Security. Homeland Security. They're saying that these are like federal officers that are being um, led by the chief of Homeland Security. Um, he actually arrived in Portland about three days ago to lead the federal law enforcement efforts that are going on in Portland. Uh-huh. And I'm guess it says here that um, it's part of a executive order that President Trump issued that lasts about six months, which authorizes federal <laughs> officers to patrol cities to protect federal monuments, m- memorials, statues, and property. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking that when they say Homeland Security, I'm thinking of those TSA people. Oh, are they Homeland Customs. Security? Customs officers are Homeland Security, immigration officers, those agricultural inspectors at the borders. They are all Homeland Security. So I don't know where where these people are from, you know. And I, I also don't, I'm not, 
uh, familiar with the U.S. Marshals. Is that the same as the Sheriff's Department? Don't ask me. I'm ignorant. When I think Homeland Security, I don't think it's like a real branch of the government. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's an agency. It really, yeah. well, it's an agency. It's real. It's well, no, no, no. Because what I'm saying is like from when, when it started, like when Bush was president and I was a teenager, I never saw anything like about that it or who they were. after 9-11. That came about yeah. after 9-11. Yeah, I know. 9/11. I know. That's so what I'm saying. It's a new agency, but... The, the 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 divisions under this agency are been here forever. I mean, we've always had them. They are just grouped under Homeland Security. Well, I still, I mean, like if you ask me, can you describe what a Homeland Security officer looks like? I would draw you a picture of like Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> I don't know Gosh. what Homeland Security does. No, that's true. I mean, like who are they? Like yeah. they're like, Ghost people. Because there's a wait, lot. Wait, wait, wait. Is ICE part of Homeland Security? Yes. ICE is oh. Yeah, ICE is a okay, so then Security. I see what they yeah. look like. They're evil. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they are Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's a really big variety of so, child agencies under Homeland Security. So they take It's a big forms. agency. It's oh. a big agency. There's yeah. a, a whole bunch of uh, departments that's under USDA, mm-hmm. Customs, so, Immigration. So, like, Homeland Security is like Coca-Cola, but Coca-Cola owns Sprite stop. and, like, yeah, no, and, and Barks oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, Bart's and all the sodas yeah. underneath it. Okay. So, like, Homeland Security is like the umbrella, and then the child agencies yes. are just, like, different I subdivisions see. within it. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. anyway, so back to them arresting. Well, they're not arresting. They're, they're just kidnapping. Picking, they're picking up protesters yeah. and putting them into these vans. Where do they take them? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. They're yeah. being kidnapped. They're okay, like, well, more to follow. Mm-hmm. We should look into that and see where they're taking them to. Let's go to Portland. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, We'll send not. Tonga. She's from Portland. Yeah, we'll send her home. Yes. Um, Another thing that is not news-related, but podcast-related, so you know it's important, is we would like to take a second to thank everyone for their recent support of the podcast um definitely the people that are listening one you guys are our favorites because i mean that's what this whole thing is for right we make it you listen yes but also we want to um give a few shout outs like to people that have like actually directly donated to our podcast which is very sweet and very Do you have amazing. Like a bank account for this podcast? Yeah, it's in my Venmo. <laughs> no, no, I'm not joking. I mention my Venmo all the time, but then people actually Venmo me, and I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. So, okay, Isaac, if you're listening to this particular episode, thank you very much. Love you. Um, my friend Josh in Maui sent us like some money too for oh, it. My gosh. So I'm gonna put this money back into the show. Um, some people that have been listening and giving us shout outs for the cultures podcast with Bex and um uh D Boy. Thank you guys so much for sharing some of our episodes, liking our posts, all those things. We're big fans of you guys. Also the Johnny Valen show, which I love. Is that a, like a, a show on TV or something? Because no, it it's a podcast. Like a, oh, 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 okay. It's another podcast and I'm literally thinking of Johnny, um, you know Johnny. And, not, like what, Johnny Lingo? No. No. Never mind. Johnny Carson. No. Oh, okay. Well, no, the Johnny Valens podcast, they are so, 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 so funny. I've been listening to them since they started. It's hilarious. I laugh all the time. I crack up. 
Thank you for the support. We appreciate you. Um, and then a new podcast, the Afronesian podcast, is so dope. I'm such a fan. They put out their first episode recently, and they literally like came out swinging. Like we're going to talk about all of these toxic behaviors in the Samoan community, and we don't give a. Oh, I need to listen. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's very like. Did you send me? Uh, I don't know, girl. You look it up. It's oh, on the okay. Instagram. Right. I bet you, you. I bet you, you don't even follow our Instagram. No, I don't. If you did, you would know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll do better. No, but the Afronesian. I'm just too busy. The Afronesian podcast is amazing, and they have such good quality content. Like literally, they're just going, like unpacking all these different issues from Twitter, and I loved it. And I was like is my favorite but anyway thank you so much everyone for your support for the reviews for the listens to vice telling me to stop i'm taking too long but i don't care because i just want to tell everyone how much i love them thank you (laughs) (laughs) oh you didn't do a shout out to my friend in um min is it minnesota well, this is your opportunity to give people shout outs. So, yes, where's your shout outs, girl? I wanted girl? to just say thank you to Margie and oh, to Margaret. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she sent you did send me really her nice letter. Note. Yes. Um, about our coming out um, episode. That Aww. was really nice. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. Who else? Didn't she have some other people hit you up? I do, but I can't remember. I sent it, I forwarded it to you you did no oh yes my friend uh, a friend my friend's daughter's friend dakota oh yes yes yes, yes. i saw yes. the message you sent he yeah sent that was a, so a really sweet nice message too yes and thank you margie dakota and, yeah and the thing is if um if it helps someone or it inspires any i mean one person then it's all worth it well, you know, but that doesn't mean that your job do. is over because you still have to come to the podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> You're the kind that would be like, like, oh, we can oh, just stop now. Okay, we helped somebody. Enough. We did. No. Okay, okay. But thank you so much, everyone. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to segue into our Talanoa. But before we do, disclaimer, the topic for this week is, um, I guess you could say adult content. Or it should be listened to. I mean, like, think about it. Like, if you're listening with your kids, you might want to think twice about listening to this with them or not. But we will be talking about sex and sex positivity and healthy sexual relationships and things like that. So if you're not comfortable listening to this with your keiki, then now's a good time to shut it off and save it for later. But if you don't care and you think your kids need to be educated about this stuff, listen on because we'll be talking about some good stuff. I was just going to say, uh, I'm uncomfortable with it, so. Um. <laughs> no, you have to stay. I'm so uncomfortable I do not with understand. this, but um, it's all good. Tavaya is always trying to get out of this show. She's like, when's my vacation days? Do I get okay, leave? Come on, no. Let's go, let's go. Oh, my God. Okay, we'll be right back. Let's talk about sex, baby. Oh, Let's talk about you, you and me. me. Let's talk about <laughs> Okay. Here we are for real. Um, okay, so our angle coming into this conversation is... No angle, right? 
No. We have We're, angle. Okay, let's just talk about let's talk about how we learned about sex to start. Tavai, because we're starting I, in chronological I, order. Thank you. <laughs> Beauty before age. I don't ever understand what that means, <laughs> but go. You go first. Okay, so I was never taught about sex. Ever? Ever. Why? I don't remember having sex education. Never? No. From school? Yes. Oh my God. Okay, continue. There's nothing to continue. That's about it. <laughs> I didn't have it in school. I, oh, okay, I mean, so, we, so. I had PE. I had health. Um, there were... And it's not that I, I wasn't listening. <laughs> and it's not that I skipped class because I never skipped class. So, but in health, did they have a section where you like went over puberty and you learned about the changing in people's bodies? No. No. Really? No. Okay. So from, from that. you saying that, I can infer that no one from your generation had that education either. Or was it just in Farrington High School? Um, I never took PE, so I didn't have health. Was it like a, a waiver? That it was, you... no, it was um, an elective. Oh. It was an elective, so you could take ROTC, uh, PE, or other classes, shop, and all those other classes, whereas where PE, health is part of... Uh, PE, hmm. a physical education, and that's where the sexual, the sex education, <laughs> sex education came about. I never took PE in all of my high school years. So then, when eventually did I you learn about sex? College. Oh. I learned about it in college. So my thing is, if I had to do it again, I, um, I would learn as much as I could about it. Right. I would um what's the word? I would not do the same thing or just be open about it. I see. Because it was so hush hush, it was taboo, it was something that good girls didn't do. Uh-huh. It was uh not allowed um it was just forbidden yeah totally you know so anything about sex i had no idea about sex of Mm. course you know there were friends that were actively uh so was it like through hearsay where they would tell you like oh this is what this is or this is how you have sex no no there was no such talk about oh this is what we did and this is how you do this and this and that no um you just found out you know that your friends were dating each other and stuff and before you knew it that they were pregnant and Mm. that's when you realized that these people were actively having sex, you know. Sexually active. Sexually, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, so that was, that was my experience, you know. Okay. So I, this thing about being open about sex and all, I'm all for it. I'm mm. all for it because with my kids, with all of you, I don't think that I've, literally came out and talked to you guys about uh-huh. sex. I don't think I did that, but I was very liberal about birth control and 
other things. Yeah. Well, let's double back a little bit because, I mean, we talked about how you had no formal education about sex. Mm -hmm. I'd had quite a lot of education about sex. So for me, my education surrounding sex started in the fifth grade. I had my first sex ed class in fifth grade. And the focus was, well, honestly, the teacher that I had was very progressive. Oddly, she was a white woman from, I think it was uh, Georgia. She was from Georgia. So she was very Southern. But she was very, very progressive. And she was like, some of your parents will say that you are too young. You will not want to take this class. But I am telling you that this will benefit your life. And this will, you know... Help improve your quality of life. Good so for you. Good for She her. insisted that we take this class. And we all had the opportunity to do it. I think I gave you guys this the, yes. the permission slip and you signed it. Slips, yes. Right. One important thing for me to note in that memory, though, is that the only other Samoan kid, the other, she was a girl. The and, girl? In that grade, yeah, her parents did not sign that permission slip, oh. and so she did not take that class with us. Is that I? I think I remember who. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. but anyway, so I had my first formal class then, where we talked about puberty, we talked about um, sexual organs, sexual reproduction, things like that. We didn't really cover. Did you um, guys talk about the act of having sex? No, so we didn't. We didn't okay. really. It, it went over, you know, just reproduction in general. So it talks about. You know, the very basics of the me- the mechanics where it's like, you know, the penis goes into the vagina and then, you know, the, the man ovaries, ejaculates the ages, and then uh-huh. fertilizes the whatever, blah, right. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you have a baby. But I think it was in seventh grade where I had another sex ed class. It was either seventh or eighth grade where we had sex ed again. But in this class, we went over particularly sexually transmitted diseases. Mm-hmm. Um a little more about like resources for uh i guess teen pregnancies and things like that mm-hmm. and for this teacher in the seventh grade or eighth grade whatever grade it was she had a very um strange angle into like kind of pushing abstinence as the best prevention from yes. unwanted pregnancies mm-hmm. and, and sexually transmitted diseases which is dangerous in my opinion mm-hmm. um anyway continuing i think the next time that i had sexual ed- sexual education is some point in high school i think it was like my second pe class that was required because it, it would be like one semester pe the next semester health mm-hmm. but i like had waited so long to take those classes because i skipped them I, I think i took it like my senior year so by then i was like Okay, this is boring. We already know this. But, so coming from that place of having all of the sexual education, I still think that going through all these classes, myself and probably everyone that took these classes with me still had the same mindset that you did with no sexual education. Really? Where sex is bad. You, If you have sex, you're going to get AIDS and die. <laughs> like, it was very, like, a... Like, uh, a draconic like understanding of sex where it's like this is shameful we need to abstain we need to shy away from this meanwhile everyone in my grade is like having these sexual experiences some of them are getting pregnant and having kids all mm-hmm. of these things and so and then i think back to my friend that wasn't able to take the sex ed class which was just insane to me like her someone parents did not want her to learn this uh-huh. in a public space 
And I just think that for Pacific Islanders, we need to have a more comprehensive understanding of how sexual education benefits us. And especially looking at it, not from this place of, these are all the reasons why you shouldn't have sex because good boys and girls at your age don't have sex. We need to look at framing it in a way of, hey, look, you're young, you're hormonal, you're probably going to have sex. If you so decide to, this is how you navigate a healthy relationship. This is how you protect yourself. You know, outside of all of this, like, shame that we get from, like, the culture and from family pressures and religion. I think all of that is really damaging to people when it comes to learning about themselves sexually and learning about how to be good sexual partners. Because what is one of the most important things in life but to reproduce and create a family unit, you know? True. I think that's a... um, uh, uh, a uh, a nice point of view, you know, that's a nice way of putting it out, you know, instead of, um, pinpointing all the, the reasons, all the things that you have to do. So you don't get this, this and that, but focus more on the positive side of that, this sex. I can't even say. What is your problem? <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> On the positive side of it, because it's a beautiful thing, you know. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, for us to um, to. I know for a fact that in the islands that the classes, the sex, the sex education have improved great a great deal. I oh, nice. I, I know that because yeah. I have a lot of friends that are educators and mm. you know professionals, and you know it's not like in our days, and I'm sure that's the same here. But it's a really nice thing to know that that the young people are thinking more about um, looking at it from a different angle than just the taboo side of it, because it really is a, a good, it's a nice, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, Yeah. you know, to find someone to share your life with, or not share your life with, but just to, to love and to be in the act with, it's a beautiful thing, but you know, you have to know that it comes with consequences it comes with responsibilities you have to be responsible yourself you know if you don't if you want to take yourself to the next level you have to protect yourself so you you are able to move on to the next level you you know what i'm saying yeah no definitely but but that's i think that's a good point where um another point that we want to make about sex positivity comes in but before we do that I did want to circle back to um, educating our youngsters about sex because there is a duty for parents to do it themselves too. Whereas I learned most of it from school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I, guilty. No, 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 no. Well, so hold on. Because this is the really interesting thing. I've had conversations with one of my sisters where she said, mom told me absolutely nothing about sex. And I was like, no way. Because she told me about it. <laughs> and she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, no. Mom used to tell me, do you get these feelings or these urges to want to have sex with someone? You know, or, you know, do you feel this way? Do you feel like you want a girlfriend? Blah, blah, blah. Like, there are always these questions, 
you know, to get an idea of whether I was sexually active or I was thinking about these things to the point of in, I think it was right before high school and then during high school, you, Tavai, used to be like, do you need me to buy you condoms? You don't have to tell me, but if you ever need to, I can buy them for you. Just let me know. And so it's interesting to me because I'm sure that a lot of other parents maybe have this feeling where it might be easier to talk to their sons about sex than it is for, you know, the girls because... In this, um, you know, um, situation, Mm -hmm. I... I, I may have had a motive for... You were trying to figure out if I was gay. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no I didn't want you to... I didn't want a, a pregnant girl on my hands. Oh. Someone else's daughter, you know. So in order for me to not have, not have to deal with that, I had to make sure that you knew that if you needed it, I would be able to get it for you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But when it came to my girls, um, I literally, I remember not talk. Um, I, I don't remember sh- um, having any conversation with them um, about sex at all until they were ready to move away from home and go to college. That long? Yes. You know and that they're they're was, able to have children from way before then? I knew that. But oh my, my thing God. was, I was so caught up. You know, like how you, you know, we as parents, we have so many other things that we're worrying about. Yeah. That, yeah. You no, know, this was one of those things that I truly feel that I dropped the ball on. And thank you, Lord, for not, um, you know, for my... For my beautiful girls that they didn't put me through that, you know, getting pregnant and all that kind of stuff. Because I know I would have just killed over. But anyway, so <laughs> the, the, the I remember that when my girls, when my eldest went to college, the first thing um, before she even left, I, I took her to the doctor and I got birth control pills oh, for her. Oh. I got birth control pills for her and for the sister because I went to college and I know how it is. I know all the temptations that comes with college and this and that. I mean, college is the most fun thing for you to be in, yeah. but you also have to be responsible and to take care of yourself. And my way of letting my daughters know is that if you decide to have sex you need to know how to protect yourself and this is the way i can help you do that and Mm. for for me to take you to the doctor and get your birth control um whatever prescription Mm. and that was um I don't want to say control, but I thought that was uh, a way of protecting them and us. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, that was the closest that I have ever come to um, talking about sex with the girls. What What do you think was your um, reluctance? Like, why? Was it just awkward? or? I think it was just the... Um, I like. I always thought that I was a, a more liberal 
person that until it I gets would. to you where you're like yeah now i, I mean, have to do it <laughs> i mean i always thought i was that liberal mom you know that i would be able to openly talk to my girls about sex and stuff but now thinking back you know you just couldn't walk the walk no, I didn't. <laughs> I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball somewhere, but luckily, and thank, thank, thank you, and thank God that you know they didn't go that way. Yeah. And you, they, they're fine. I mean, they're awesome daughters. So anyway, that's my um, my my story about me dropping the ball on sex education. Right. So. Yes. I, so, I, I mean, for the parent, I mean, even for my age, for people my age, it was hard to even talk about it. I mean, it, for, for my parents, for my parents, it was nothing. It was unspeakable. Oh, or, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it was not. And they'd rather uh, they'd rather teach you how to kill a person than to like tell you how to have sex. Yeah. So. Right. And I'm sure there was a lot of parents that are struggling with that today, mm-hmm. you know, with their children, you know, that they don't want they I'm sure they want to. They want to talk to you, explain to you you know, what it's all about, their experiences, because you truly learn from their, your parents' experiences. I mean, now I have no problems sharing my experiences with my daughters and my niece, you know, they love hearing my stories. But back then, it was hush hush, you know, you couldn't talk about it. Yeah, totally. No, I mean it's it's hard for me to really have an opinion on and and how to tell parents what they should do with their kids or how because I don't have kids myself. But in my plan to have children, I mean I foresee just trying to get the courage to just talk plainly about it. Yeah, but when you know? do you talk to them about it? Well, so this that is That was my thing. Well, I didn't know when. So this is one thing that I think um gay people have an advantage over other people you had to come out at some point. So you know that there's never a good time and at True. some point you just have to do it and like bite the bullet mm-hmm. and you'll probably be better off for doing it. So that's where I feel like maybe I have an advantage because I've been through an uncomfortable situation like that where, you know, it's within the family. But yeah, I don't know. That's hard to I don't say. Know. I mean, I, th- I feel like it's the the environment that you grow up in if you grow up in a, a really uptight, uh, traditional, very structural, religious, strict, um, re- yeah, religious um, um, environment, it's harder. Yeah. It's harder for you and it's harder for the parents. I mean, I'm sure it's not easy for the parents because I know it wasn't easy for me. It wasn't easy for me now thinking back that, you know, if I had to do it again, I would have been more open with my daughters. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, the the objective or the responsibility of a parent is to raise a well-rounded and whole human being to be a citizen in our society. That's in a perfect world, but there's well, no perfect world, well, no, 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 so no, 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 you no. can't really... Because people will say, like, if this kid became a serial killer... 
what was wrong with the mom? What didn't she do True. for this kid? So if you raise a rapist, you know, then it's going to be like, well, what happened you to really the mom? Can't what did say she do that. with this kid? I mean, you don't know what you're raising. It didn't come with a, a, a book. It didn't come with instructions. So if, if your child turns out to be a rapist, that's not because of you. you Sorry, know? trigger warning for um, rape and sexual assault. It, that's not of anything that you've done. You know, there's something wrong with the, the child. Mentally, mm. uh, gen- genetically. Th- or maybe it's repressed feelings from not being able to openly talk about maybe. sexual feelings. Maybe. But you really can't blame the parents for all of that. No, 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 no. But I think that as a parent, you can take steps to be like, maybe I should have this talk because this might help this per like my child to understand better about I things. like to think that we as we grow older and as the n- younger generation becomes they become parents themselves that they will learn from our mistakes yeah. and make better choices better decisions and more liberal with their um Or they're more progressive with their views. Yeah, with their views. With their views. Because there was so... There was so much to learn from what we went through. And um, how we grew... I mean, how we raised our children. It's so different from what you guys are going through now. Oh, yeah. I mean, before we even started recording, we had a quick conversation about, like, decolonial notions of you know, how to decolonize our our views around sex and our sex lives. And one of the things that we were talking to you about a useful tool is sex positivity. Do you remember? And you were like, well, what is that? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what sex <laughs> <Yes>. positivity is? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, okay. So so we've talked a lot about how there's so much shame around certain, um, uh, okay. well, you know, Well, didn't we sexual... just talk about that? Yes, yes. I but mean, so how sexual... to perceive... Um, sex education or just sex itself, you know, in a, yeah. yes, in, so, not in a taboo way, but the other side. Yes. But so to go further to define it and like put rigid, like definition into it, sex positivity is something that you can use to combat that because what you do is you're looking at sex from a positive perspective as something, you know, what's the word? Help me, Josiah. Josiah, he's still here. Um, as something that's just kind of like, I guess, part of like life. It's like I don't know. Uh, it's part of it's part of life, but it's also something that you shouldn't be ashamed of. Yeah. No one should be ashamed to talk about sex, to have sex, or to want to have sex. Like these are all normal parts of life that shouldn't be judged because people want to have sex that's the idea behind sex positivity is that there's no shame in wanting or doing or have like any of those acts and so for me what helps with sex positivity is it helps get rid of this patriarchal mindset around sex and for what i mean from there is that sex is a lot of the time framed in a male perspective where a lot of it is about the male's pleasure or how a woman should True. act or um per- portray herself to be sexy to men you know if a woman were to behave hypersexual like say um like a Nicki minaj or a rihanna 
where she's dressed like provocatively, where it's like breasts out and like dancing very sexy, people will very quickly slut shame that person where it's like she shouldn't be doing that. You know, mm-hmm. it looks bad. She looks like a prostitute. Well, nothing new. Well, so this is the thing. If you look at it from a sex positive perspective, it's like, no, this is her expressing her sexuality and she should feel no shame in that because there should be no shame in wanting to or uh, portraying yourself in a way that is sexy. But that's the th- thing that now. I mean, you see these beautiful women celebrities with their beautiful bodies and there's i mean maybe in those days yes there were a lot of shame in dressing the way they do wearing the clothes that they wear the provocative way that they do but now it's it's different when you see someone uh perform in a little skimpy outfit i mean my my thinking when I do when I see that I'm like so beautiful. That's such a beautiful oh, woman. You know, it's right. And and I'm thinking I like to think that we've all gone past what you're saying. Well, well, that have it's a you, man's world. That you know. Can you count the number of times you've thrown away your daughter's short shorts? <laughs> Which daughter? Girl, it don't matter. Well, but that's see, different so no, but see, it's not. It's different. It's not because a woman should have agency over her own body, how she portrays herself, and what's comfortable for her. True. So, but it should also be in a way that you're not offending anyone. No. Oh, oh, did because, I just say that? No. <laughs> no. Because her feelings, because okay, okay, your wait, feelings no. about her, your feelings about what she's wearing uh-huh. is none of her business. That's your feelings. But then she's you know? in my circle. So, <laughs> and I'm the yeah, boss. But, but that's the whole and, concept of, you know, and uh, I, yeah. I, I feel that what's not pleasant in my eyes will be unpleasant to others eyes you know to the other eyes to the outside circle and i would hate for them to say nasty things about her right so so this is something that's my sense to protect her so this is enforced not by your own thoughts and feelings about what she's wearing it's cultural it's societal because you think that if other people saw her like this this is what they say maybe i'm not explaining myself well but Mm. i don't like to think that way because i like to know i like to think that I really don't care about what people outside of my circle <laughs> think. <laughs> That's a you know this is a very this is a no. very boomer thing. Like no, no lie, like I I've had conversations with other people's about their parents, and this is something that a lot of people from your generation get back to. Where it's like, I like, like for instance, this is an example. I love gay people, but I don't want my kid to be gay. Like that's a See, very I telling thing. Say that. Well, no, 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 not necessarily that. Yeah. But I'm saying right. like that that yes, mindset yes, where it's like in the world, the abstract, like yeah, anyone no. can be gay. No, not you. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. you're in my circle, no, not no, you. No, no, I mean, I, there must be a better way I can explain myself for mm. not for always harping on my daughter's shorts. There's got to be a better way of. Uh, of uh, explaining myself because I am not 
out to get her. I'm not out. I'm not being mean. Mm -hmm. Um, It's for her own good. Oh. (laughs) No. No, Donald Trump. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we're going to have to come back to this. No, no, no. Because I have to gather my thoughts. It's a learning process. Because you threw me a curveball. I really didn't (laughs) even think about that. That's nasty. That's evil. Stop. (laughs) You should have given me uh, like a... Uh, uh, a, a I should have thrown you a softball. Should, like, yes, like, no. mom, we're gonna talk about this. So get your thoughts together. No, like, no, 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 no. My but goodness. so, so to get back to like decolonizing our thoughts about sex and our sex lives, um, we talked about why this is important because you were like, I don't understand why this generation needs to decolonize everything, right? Yes, we've been decolonizing it from forever. <laughs> but, and so what I said was, you know... You guys are just analyzing things too much. No, 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 no. So what I was saying before we recorded was that your generation, like, gave us, you know, the Albert Wentz and the Pelihau Ofas and all of these people to kind of decolonize the way that we see things. And... Yeah what our generation is taking it and running with it and learning to apply it to every aspect of our lives. Because if you learn to say, for instance, decolonize history, how you view yourself immediately, you start to feel so much better and you feel like a much more well-rounded person because you understand where you come from, um, how you fit into the world. You have like a broader sense of yourself. Whereas for me, I grew up learning about, all of these white people in Europe, and then all of a sudden they came to the United States. And I was like, well, what does that have to do with me? So when we're looking at decolonizing these things, it's looking to the past to find all of these frameworks and thought processes that were in existence back then to see how they work in our lives today so that we can better our lives. And so one thing that I looked into when thinking about sex were how our pre-contact societies dealt with sex and sex education. Now, I don't have all my notes and I don't even know if this person is like peer-reviewed or if it's important, but I know it's from a book. But I was reading about Native Hawaiian culture and how they had gone through teaching their young people sex. And it was a very active, like familial practice of we're going to teach them from very young. This is what your body parts are. This is how reproduction works. This is how you have sex with someone. And this is how you make sure that you have pleasurable sex with someone, you know, so that it created sort of a safe space in society that everyone knew what they were doing and how to interact with one another. I think looking back at things like that can change the way that we see things now where we're dealing with people and terrible relationships um with sexual dealing with sexual assaults domestic violence you know things like that if we can look back at how we used to handle things and our original thought processes you're yawning look at you i think that that's super important i think you guys are dreaming no i think it's totally possible and i think that that is because if you think about it imagine the people that came to our islands and taught us that what we were doing was bad are now abandoning everything that they taught us was bad and are living beyond that. So like they came and said, oh, you know, 
you can't be nude here put this leaf on and then now they're walking around at nudist colonies like oh we just want to be nude you know like isn't that's that what, crazy that's what i'm saying and here we are all covered up like for instance another thing is like the missionaries came to the islands and brought religion and then in this modern world who's throwing away religion a lot of them are you know oh people with european heritages yeah. That's what I'm saying. So for us, if we see that they're abandoning these things that they brought to us, we need to go back and revisit some of these things and see what used to work for us for thousands of years. Whereas for the past 100 to 200 years, we've been dying at larger numbers because of different things that we've instituted because of them. Whether it's like diet, our thoughts around sex, or around women, all of these things. So that's the importance of decolonization. I love that, Ryan. Yeah, well, now you see. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's on decolonization. No, I never really thought about that, about all this. I mean, they're all trying to uh, get away from everything that they brought to us. Right. So, like, when you think about something like sex positivity, you think, oh, that's, you know, from some palangi. But they took it from us. But then, then again, if we really go back to our ancestors and um, when it, comes to sex you know they had a lot of sex back then and that's fine because you no, needed to make fine. a lot of people we we have so many but is this your colonial mindset oh okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if you get out of that then okay well let's take a really quick break we we this needs to be expanded we might do a part two because there's so yes, much more to cover I think so because i never really thought about it that way yeah because our, our crab boil is boiling yes. so uh-huh. uh we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and wrap up and then we're gonna get to eating crab yes <laughs> Okay, and we're back, <laughs> sort of. Um, honest, I forgot to record the rest of the conversation that we had yesterday. So it's just me here alone in my apartment to wrap up the rest of our conversation. Um, summary, the crab boil was really good. We made, we made way too much. Um, and that was the big highlight of that actual day. But when it comes to our conversation about sex, um, I cannot reiterate enough our perspective about how important it is for us as a Pacific Islander community to get away from this shameful dialogue regarding sex and sexuality and recognizing that there is pleasure in sex. Because if there wasn't, do y'all think we really would still be having sex? Do y'all think you'd be having these babies left, right, center, all over the place? No. It's okay to talk to your children and to family members and other people in your life about sex as something that is pleasurable and something that people enjoy and that people actually do. Um... I think that our perspective is to decolonize the way that we think about sex from this sort of uh, super religious place where sex is solely for uh, procreation and to be done when you are married. Ain't nobody listened to those rules, really. So in getting away from that dialogue of 
sex is shameful. It's something to hide away. It's something that you should never speak about with anyone. What we want to get to is a place where we can talk about sex in a healthy way so that we end up with people with more knowledge when it comes to their sexual health, when it comes to sex in their relationships. I think that a sex-positive stance when it comes to how we view the specific calendars is really, really, really important. You know, I think it's... I think we're at a place where it's very hard to get away from that mindset of, oh my gosh, like I can't be in the room watching this TV show because there's sex in it and it's so graphic and my parents are right there. Like, girl, how do you think you were made? <laughs> you know? Yeah, so there, there, there were some things that we weren't able to get to in the time that we set out to do the podcast. So we're going to circle back another day and talk more about sex, hopefully with someone that's like a professional. That'd be really great. Um, we're going to talk more about sex uh, and how we can improve our view of sex in our lives and how we can get to a better place and having a dialogue about it. Big thank you to, again, everyone that has been supporting the podcast. Uh, I think we did a shout out at the very beginning of the show. And again, thank you everyone to all the other podcasts that have been like giving us shout outs. We love you guys. Also, big thank you to Josiah for um, taking time out of his busy schedule of not having a job <laughs> to come and help us. We love having you help with the podcast. And a big thank you to Tabayana, Taviti, Tavai, whatever her name is today for all of her insight and entertaining these conversations because she did not want to talk about sex but we did it and we're going to keep doing it we're going to keep talking about things that are uncomfortable because that's the purpose of the show we want to show you that these conversations are important even if they're uncomfortable even if you don't understand what the other person's what the other person is saying we still have to have these dialogues so that we can progress as people Anyway, I have a lot of Netflix to get back to. I just wanted to <laughs> do my part and fix the mistake that I made. Um, and yeah, other than that, have a wonderful week. You're beautiful. You're perfect. You're a model. But yeah, so thank you again. We love you. Please tune in. Contact us. Comment on the Instagram. Send us emails. Whatever. We want to hear from you guys. But uh, until next time. Bye. If you like our show, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email at fiapocopodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at fiapocopodcast.com. Or check out our website, fiapocopodcast.squarespace.com.